All right, I'm going to read in our prayer this morning from Mark uh, chapter 12, verses 30 and 31, because it really summarizes where we're going with the message this morning. Jesus said this, the most important commandment of all is this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. And the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. Lord, as we're in a crazy political season, it's really difficult to love our neighbors that have different political views. It's difficult to love our neighbors when there's all kinds of chaos going on all around us. It's difficult to love our neighbors when there's stress that's happening in our life. But I pray this morning that we be refreshed and renewed by the power of your spirit, that we be able to love our neighbors in a red and blue world. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. So they say the two things you're not supposed to talk about are, are Jesus and politics. We're doing it both this morning. You guys ready for this? <laughs> all right. All right, good. It's not going to get uh, too political in here, I promise that, because I know all of you have been bombarded with all kinds of political things uh, going on in, in our world. Uh, but the point for this morning is that red and blue doesn't define you. Red and blue doesn't define you. We're taking a little break from our uh, walking through Genesis that we've done this year so that we can focus on what God's word says about loving your neighbor in a red and blue world. My heart has been absolutely broken by things that I've experienced, my wife Christy and I have experienced this personally, and then also just the stories of the last couple of months about hearing about family members that are disowning family mem other family members because of their political beliefs. Neighbors not talking to neighbors because of their political beliefs. Church members saying that they're never going to talk to each other again because they have different political beliefs. It's heartbreaking to me because in, a world, in the world that we live in, Christians, believers in Christ, we are dual citizens. We are citizens of the United States of America. And I'm so thankful to live in a really great country. Our country is not perfect. We have lots of flaws. But we have amazing freedoms. One of the reasons why I feel so honored that God has called us into serving the United States military is I believe in defending those freedoms. And I believe in doing whatever it takes to make sure that we still can live in a country where we can express our religious freedoms, where we can express all, all of our thoughts, even if they're dumb thoughts. We can express those. And I'm so thankful that we live in a great country. I'm so thankful for that. But we're also a citizen of heaven. And... Because we're a citizen of heaven, we have a different perspective on things, or at least we should have a different perspective on things because we know that this is not our permanent home. This, this is not where we're going to live for all eternity. We know that we're going to a place called heaven that's going to be a magnificent place. Imagine a place with all the great things about earth none of the bad things about earth. That's what heaven is going uh, to be like. So if you're here this morning and you think that you can't make a difference at all in the future of our country, I hope that you change your mindset this morning. If you're here this morning and you don't really know how you're supposed to relate uh, to the civil government as a Christian, I hope that you understand that you are a dual citizen. If you're here this morning and you just think that government is, is bad, well, there's something worse than bad government. That's no government at all. Uh, and so we're in a country that, that, that has a government. And that 
government, whether it's red or blue, doesn't define who you are. You're a citizen of heaven, and you're a citizen of your earthly country, and you live here in the United States. But the cool thing about being a citizen of heaven is that citizenship, citizenship never expires. It never goes away. It never gets revoked. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're a citizen of heaven. And because of that, we're called to love our neighbor, whether they are red or blue. And sometimes in the social media world, that's a really difficult thing to do. And that's why this morning I hope to challenge you. I hope to help you uh, come to a place where maybe you have said to someone that you're, you're disowning them or not talking to them because they're political political beliefs, that you'll go to them and repent and make those things right. That if you had that happen to you, that you'll pray for the people that did that to you, that there would be unity uh, in Christ and not uh, division because of political beliefs. If you're a Christian, life under the worst government that you could imagine would be followed by life in eternity where you have amazing freedoms. So even if things don't go the way that you think they should go in the country that you live in, this is not your permanent home. But if you're not a Christian, the best government rule that you can have in, in your life is what you're going to have. That's as free as you're going to be. That's as prosperous as you're ever going to be because for all eternity, you will be away from God. Jesus offers you dual citizenship. And the cool thing about Jesus offering that dual citizenship is he's offering it to people that reject him. See, our natural state is to be a sinner. Our natural state is to do things against God. Our natural state is to not follow what God's word says. I just think in my own life, my natural steps is, is to do things against God. We rejected Jesus, but he said, I love you, I love my creation, I love my people so much that I'm going to come down from heaven, I'm going to live a perfect life, I'm going to die on the cross, I'm going to raise from the dead, defeating all that sin of every single person that was created, and if they would believe in me, if they would trust in me, they can have citizenship in heaven. Have you ever had citizenship in heaven? Have you ever trusted in Jesus? If you have, won't you do that? Won't you trust in Jesus? Jesus can do a better job at running your life than you can. Jesus can do a better job in my life running it than I can. The good news is that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And each and every one of us was lost. Put your faith in Christ. He invites you to be a part of a new kingdom. He invites you to be a citizen of heaven. All you have to do is admit that you're a sinner. Admit that you messed up. Listen, just, just join the party. We've all messed up. We've all fallen short. You're looking at a huge sinner right on stage right now. We've all fallen short. The second step is to believe in Jesus. Believe in his life, death, and resurrection. And the third step is to commit your life to him. If you've never done that before, won't you do that right where you're at right now? The only way to find true hope, true peace to be a citizen of heaven is in Jesus. Put your trust in him. And we're so thankful this week. We know of two people that have done that for the first time. So let's celebrate with these life rings that Jesus has become real in their life. See, a dual citizen doesn't put their trust in a government with limitless 
power. But a dual citizen doesn't also withdraw from public life, withdraw from things, uh, and keep their faith in Christ uh, a, a private thing. A dual citizen seeks to be the best citizen that they could be. But we remember that Jesus is in control. We remember that God is sovereign. We remember that God is over all of the rulers. And because we serve a faithful and just God, we don't have to worry. We don't have to be concerned. We don't have to lose sleep over an election. We can love our neighbors in a red and blue world. Listen to what these scriptures say in Psalm, uh, this is Psalm 103, and then there's a scripture in Daniel, and then a scripture in, in Psalm 22. Look at what these scriptures say. The Lord has established his throne in heaven, and his kingdom rules over all. See that? He, he rules over all of it. In Daniel 2, it says, he changes times and seasons. He sets kings and disposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. And in Psalm 22, it says, for dominion belongs to the, uh, to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. Is the United States included in the nations he rules over? Yes, it is. And so we don't disengage from culture. We don't disengage from politics, but we also don't make it the main thing. If we win a political argument but lose a relationship, and that rela because we lose that relationship, that person's life is affected for all eternity, and it's not worth it. We have to figure out a way as Christians to engage in the culture, engage in politics, then still be respectful, still be loving, and that's why our main scripture this morning is in 1 Peter uh, chapter 2, verse 9 through 17. Peter was preaching to Christians in, in Rome. And during the time, the leader of uh, the, the people in Rome was Nero. Was Nero a godly leader? No, he was not. He was not a godly leader. And so Peter was encouraging Christians to be involved in the process, to be involved in what's going on in, in the world to love their neighbor and to remember who their identity is. That red and blue doesn't define you. This is what it says in 1 Peter. I'm going to read it all the way through and then we'll come back and uh, break it down verse by verse. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in this world to abstain from sinful desires, which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that they accuse you of doing wrong. They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourself to the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether the king as supreme authority or the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. For it is the Lord's will by doing good that you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. There's a lot there to break down, but the first part of it, I think, is so vital that we get. The Christians of 
this time of Peter's time in Rome were feeling very oppressed. They're feeling like they didn't have a voice. They were feeling like uh, they were getting squashed out. And Peter reminded them of who they are. And so maybe you're feeling like that in this election cycle. Maybe you're feeling like Christians don't have a voice or we're not speaking up enough or maybe we're speaking out the wrong way. I want you to be reminded of who you are. You are a chosen people, a holy priesthood, a, a, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. That we're God's own possession. And because we're God's own possession, we are extremely valuable. If you had a, a dictionary, a dictionary on its own is not very valuable. But if it was Abraham Lincoln's dictionary, if it was owned by Abraham Lincoln, it would be unbelievably valuable. A desk on its own would, is not really worth anything. But if it was Winston Churchill's desk, then it would be worth something. Who owns something adds value to it. We are owned by who? God. We're God's own possession. A holy and hev heavenly Father that cares about every area of our lives. That's who we're owned by. So we can trust in him. We can believe in him. We can find our identity in him. We can find our hope in him. A loving father who cares deeply for his children. And you are children of God. You are God's own possession. You are a holy nation. And no election result can take that from you. You understand that? It doesn't matter who wins on Tuesday or whenever we're going to find out who wins. It doesn't matter. Your identity is in Jesus, you're God's own possession. So remember that. And I, and I know most of you guys know that. But when a political argument starts happening and it starts happening on social media or with your neighbor, or with your friends, you need a reminder. You need a reminder about who you are, whose possession that you are. All of this stuff that Peter's talking about, he's just referring back to scripture. This, this scripture is not going to be up on the screen, but listen to what it says in, in Deuteronomy 7. It says, You are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people of his own possession out of all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love on you or choose you because you were more in number than any of the peoples, but you were the fewest of all peoples. For the Lord God loved you and kept an oath which he swore to your forefathers. The Lord brought you out by a mighty hand and redeemed you from the house of slavery from the hand of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. What Peter is doing here, he's, he's, he's saying, yes, that was a promise for God's people on the, the people of Israel. And now that Jesus has come, the believers in Christ also have the hand of God over them. That he's going to protect them. That he's going to shield them. That he is going to give them great favor, even in the midst of chaos. It continues on. Dear friends, I urge you, as aliens and strangers in the world. You ever feel like that? Man, I, I feel like that so often. I feel like, man, I, I, is this just, am I just crazy? This world that I live in? I just feel like an alien here. And then I go back to scripture. Oh, I am. I'm an alien stranger to this earth. That we are dual citizens. That we are citizens of the United States. But we're also citizens of heaven. Because of that, we're aliens and strangers. This is not our home. To abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans they, that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. 
I think this is so vital for us, especially in a political season, that we love our neighbor, no matter if they're red or blue, in a way that shows them that we have Christ. And we're not going to do that perfectly. We, we do fall short. But we should strive to live lives that point people to Jesus. Remember when I was a pagan on the, on the Flagler College campus, I remember Christian after Christian after Christian, namely my wife and, and some people that I was friends with, my roommate, seeing their lives. Their lives were not perfect, but their lives were f- filled with joy. You could tell, now that I look back on it, that they were not, uh, they were not citizens first and foremost of just this place, that they had a heavenly citizenship too. That they found their identity in Christ and nothing else. Can, can people say that about you? Can people say that about me? I know there are certain times in my life that there's no way people could say that about me. I need the Holy Spirit to come into my life and to help me. And to help me be reminded that I'm not defined by red or blue. I'm defined. My identity is in Jesus. And then when people start asking questions about your life, then you open your mouth and you share the gospel with them. That it's not just about the actions you do or don't do, but it's actually sharing the gospel. And you know how to do that. You hear it each and every week, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know how to share it. That we let them know that our hope and our identity is in Christ and they can find that same hope and identity too. Verse 13. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every authority instituted among men, whether to the king as supreme authority or to governors who, sent, who, who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and commend those who do right. Now, this is a really difficult thing uh, for us to be, uh, to us to understand what it says here because it's saying for us to submit ourselves to the authorities of the government. Now, I think it's important that as Christians, as, as believers in Christ, that we do find our identity in Christ, but we understand that we are under a ruling authority. And because of that, no matter who gets elected, we pray for them and we submit to their authority unless they tell us to do things that go against God's word. And that's happening more and more in our world. I'm so thankful for all the brave uh, Christians in California that are saying, no, we are going to go and worship Jesus. We're not going to stay in our house and be locked down and, and not go and worship. That goes against what God's word says. We are going to gather together and worship together no matter what this governor says. And so it's important that we have wisdom. It's important that we do submit that that is our, our normal way of going about things. But if our authorities say, no, you can't do those things that are biblical, then we have to have bravery. We have to have courage to stand up and say, no, our identity is in Christ and we are going to worship him. And we're going to follow what God's word says because our identity is in Jesus and in Jesus alone. It continues on. Um. For it is God's will that by doing good, you shall silence the ignorant talk of foolish men. Live as free men, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as servants of God. You see the connection there? That if we're servants of God, we we don't usually equate servant with freedom. But that's what it's saying here. That when we serve God, when we're servants of God, that's when we'll be most free. 
So serve God and experience the freedom that's in Christ. Show proper respect to everyone. Love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God. Honor the king. It's really difficult to do all those things, but we have to do it, and we can do it by the power of the Spirit. Let's love our neighbor. Let's care for what's going on in our world. Let's be a citizen of the United States and be involved in the process, but let's not sacrifice relationships that God's called us to be in for, for that are going to make eternal difference in people's lives. Let's not sacrifice that in the name of politics. Let's be involved. Let's not... Let's not take some viewpoint that says we're just going to run away from what's going on because we don't like what's going on. We're going to be involved in the church. We're going to be involved in our, in our government, and we're also going to love our neighbor. We can do all of those things because we're a dual citizen. Reminds me of the story of an American missionary couple that had served for two decades in, in Africa, and they came back on the ship, and as they were coming back on the ship, the, there was a VIP dignitary that was on there, and he was being treated unbelievably well, and all these great meals, and all these people were serving him, and they pulled into port into New York City, and he got off, and he came down off of the, off the ship, and there was all this fanfare for him, and all of these people were cheering for him, and there was a band there, and all this stuff was happening, and then the couple came off, and the husband looked to the wife and said, Honey, it doesn't seem right after all these years that we'd have no one to greet us while that man got such a grand reception. And she just looked at him with great wisdom and said, but honey, we're not home yet. And as Christians, we need to realize that we are not home yet. That no matter what happens politically, this is not our permanent home. That God is on his throne and controls everything that comes to pass. And we know that we can trust in him, that we can believe in him, that we can uh, fully count on all the things that he is doing. And that we should not be ashamed to proclaim the gospel of hope that we have to others. Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's the power of God for salvation for everyone who believes. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. For in, for in the gospel a righteousness from God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written, you will live by faith. And then in, in Philippians chapter 3, uh, verses 20 and 21, it says, it says this. But our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. See, Scripture is very clear that red and blue doesn't define you. The gospel of Jesus defines you. So don't sacrifice your witness to Jesus to win a political argument. We are dual citizens. One final verse I, I want to share with you because I think it's vitally important uh, in the conversation that we're having about being involved in politics and also understanding what our role is as dual citizens. Listen to what Matthew said to Peter. Simon Peter, he answered, Simon Peter answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. This is not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. 
I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. It's really interesting there that Jesus did not use the common word for church in that instance. He normally, in normal circumstances, you would think he would have used the word synagogue, which means synagogue or temple. That would have been the normal language for him to use. That will not, that will build my synagogue, I will build my temple. But he used a different word there. And the word is really interesting, the word they use. He used the word ecclesia. And the word ecclesia at the time had a very specific and special definition. And he didn't use this word by mistake. He used it very much on purpose. Jesus didn't make any mistakes. An ecclesia was the gathering of God's people where they were gathered together and they would fast and pray. They would fast and pray before each and every time they gather together. Part of the reason why we're doing the thing tomorrow night is that we want to pray and worship uh, God for the sake of our country. Because we see this ecclesia happening in our midst. What happened with this ecclesia, they would fast and pray. And then they would take a vote. Christians, brothers and sisters, they would take a vote together on how they were going to get involved in the community and the world. That's what ecclesia was. When there was an ecclesia meeting, it was the brothers and sisters of the church gathering together, fasting and praying, saying, how are we going to get involved in our world? See, Jesus used that word very specifically. He said, I'm going to build my ecclesia. And that's what we're a part of. We're called to be involved in our community, to be involved in our world, not to, to back away, not to say, well, that politics is for someone else. We're called to love our neighbor, to be wise, and to be shrewd, to say we're going to be involved as dual citizens, but we're not going to forsake our relationships so that we can win a political argument. I have a couple pictures up here this morning to end this message. One of these two men is going to become president. I don't know about you. I don't want to put my trust in either one of those old guys. That's not where I want to put my trust. That's not where I want to put my hope. You know what looks a whole lot better? Is that. <laughs> that, that looks a whole lot better. So let's be an ecclesia. Let's be involved. Let's not say it doesn't matter because it does matter. We're citizens of the United States. And because of that, we should be involved in the process. We should be involved in the conversation. We shouldn't be scared about partaking in, in a conversation with our neighbors, with a, a family member. But then let's also remember we're citizens of heaven. And because we're citizens of heaven, our identity is in Jesus. Red and blue doesn't define you. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you that you give us hope in the gospel. I thank you that we're able to come to your throne of grace because of what your son Jesus has done. And I thank you that as a country, we live in a place where we can vote for our leaders, where we can have the freedoms that we have. Help us to remember to never take that for granted. Lord, we're most free when we're servants of you. So help us to serve you. Help us to trust in you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.